This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Nature Bank, Leo. Tell us what you are working on. Hi, thank you. Um, well, so for about 30 years, actually, I've been working on an organic intelligence language model. I started with artificial intelligence when I was 14. I'm 55 now. And uh, when I was 25, I was told I had a tumor in my lower back. And... It was about the size of a softball, causing a lot of nerve pressing down, on, uh, causing a lot of pain pressing down on my sciatic nerve. And, you know, I had uh, been a trainer, uh, a corporate trainer for a few years at that point in time and had heard a lot about mind-body medicine and so forth. So when I was told I had the tumor, one of the things after a series of events that came to my mind was, wow, I could probably create a language model to heal myself in the same way that I could create a language model to try to understand sentience in a, in a computer. Because basically the way the neural networks in the brain are programmed is very similar. In fact, all AI mimics the way the human brain works. So reverse engineering, it really isn't that difficult because it's designed from that platform. And, you know, it's designed from that platform, but how does it work? I mean, uh, the kind of language model for healing yourself. Sure. So it wasn't specifically, well, it was specifically for healing myself at that time, but it's not specifically for that now, actually. Um, I think it has much broader opportunities. And... So the way artificial intelligence or computer programming works in general is there's something called a syntax. It's an order in which the, the program reads itself so that the hard drive's got to go back and, and read the programming that's been put into it. So in basic computer programming, when I was 14 years old, we would have like 10 would be the first line of syntax numerically. And then it would have a meaning of CLS, which was clear screen. Now I could have 20 print I love you, Dharma. And then I could have 30, 10 first line of syntax, 20 second line of syntax, 30 third line of syntax could be clear screen again. And then 40 fourth line of syntax could be go to 10. So what would happen is it would say, I love you, Dharma. I love you, Dharma, blinking on and off in the middle of the screen. So that's how syntax works. It's the programming. Well, the same thing's true inside of the human body. Uh, 
we have a an order on, on which we take in information based on the presuppositions and precognitive commitments we have to what the world means in relationship to what's going on around us. So in the computer programming, you can have a lot of information in a single line of syntax. They can compress a bunch of data. So in this language model that I created for myself, it's also got lines and syntax encoded into numbers. And it also has compressed data, uses the for next loops, go to loops, if then statements. As an example, in computer programming, it's if X equals, let's say 20, then go to 10, then it goes to line 10, right? And that could be in line 80. So all of a sudden in line 80, it says if X equals 20, then go to 10, then it shoots all the way back to line 10 again. In the human mind works the same way. If I'm diagnosed with cancer, then I feel this way. If I win the lottery, then I act this way. If I graduate from high school, if it's the weekend, if I drop a pickle jar in the shopping mall and people see me and it smashes everywhere, then I feel this way. Everything is an if-then statement. And we have tens of thousands of hours of these precognitive commitments and preconditioned emotional responses that we never consciously created. We never consciously, and each one of us has our own unique sets. So one person might be told that they have cancer and they feel like, oh my God, if I have cancer, then I'm going to die. Um, another person like myself, if I have cancer, then I have an opportunity to take my life to a level I've never taken it to before because I haven't taken things that seriously in the past. Or if I have cancer, then I'm going to be a victim to everything in the world around me. If I have, you know, so you have all these different if thens that you could have. So <clears throat> understanding the syntax in computer programming, I created 10 to mean something, 11 to mean something, 12 to mean something. Every single number means something to me. And those numbers are based on a hierarchy of importance of how the human brain can take information in for creativity or for problem solving. So let me give you an example, if you don't mind. Okay, so the, the first 10 layers of syntax are the programming. It's how the organic intelligence language model works. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and, and zero, those first... 10 digits are something that are standard in the programming. Once you get to putting one and zero together to have a 10, a two digit number, that now becomes part of something called an autobiographical feedback loop where Tarma would create what that means. You would create what that means, but it would be based on the compressed data in one and zero. Your 10 would be based on that. Now, let me give you a little bit more depth because it's actually a very simple system to learn, but it's maybe not simple to hear it in an audio podcast for the first time since it's something you've never heard of before. Okay. So um, I'm going to tell you the first 10 steps to solve any problem or to be, or to create the, or to have a creative response. Number one is what you focus on. So if you're focusing on a problem or you're focusing on a solution, the primary thing you want to know is, what am I focusing on here? The second thing is asking the right questions. So if it's a problem, you say, okay, 
I got this problem. Let me ask the right questions. Not why did this happen to me? How is this going to hurt me if everything keeps going the way it's going? You don't want to ask those types of questions because then you create probabilities that you'll be focusing on. You want to ask the types of questions that are going to solve it. Like, hey, what can I learn from this process and have it actually uh, make a positive impact in my life? Or how can it make me money? Or how can it develop me as a human being? Or whatever. Because the human brain is both a receiver and a projector of information. We have an influence on the world around us. When we create connections internally, those internal neural connections allow for probabilities to be experienced outside. We don't ask that question. We don't notice the probability outside. So we want to be amplifying probabilities that are what we want to be focusing on. So layer one is focus. Layer two is question. Layer three, number three, is agreements. Understanding that everything is a social agreement between you and yourself to begin with. Like if you don't really believe what you're telling yourself, and it probably ain't going to work. And you got to get other people to be in agreement with what you're saying if, if you want to have a shared reality. So it's what I want to focus on, ask the right questions, create agreement. And four, understand, be flexible. The tenet of human development, whether you got the problem or you're creating something, you got to be flexible. Anchor five is taking action. Small, simple steps that are isolations of energy, tiny little things that set causes into motion. Get good at that because people are afraid of taking big steps. So get good at taking small ones that set big causes into motion, kind of like Bruce Lee's one-inch punch. And then the sixth is understanding that the outside world is an inside game, knowing that everything is internally created before it's experienced outside. As an example, we can have... Uh, there's been tests done with Pavlovian conditioning, classical conditioning since the 1930s. And they were able to get physiological responses inside of the human body because of outside stimuli. Well, that's the opposite of what I just said. But they also began to take a look at, well, what? how do we experience the outside world? Well, they took a bunch of little kittens and they've taken rats and they've taken a bunch of different animals and they put them into environments where they only see things like vertical lines. So when they're born, their eyes open, all they see is vertical lines. And after a couple of months, they throw them into an environment with horizontal bars and they don't even see them. They walk right into them. They don't have the connections inside. So understanding that the, the outside world is an inside game just as much as the outside world or the inside world is an outside game. It's exactly the same thing. It's as above, so below. Understanding that both of those concepts work together. We have something called the reticular activation system in the brain that notices things that we have an emotional connection to. So if you have an emotional connection to trading stocks, you might be out to, at a coffee shop and someone's talking about trading at three tables away and you're going to hear that. But if you don't, you're not going to hear that because you don't really care. If you drive a new Tesla, you're going to see Teslas everywhere because you care about those things. So uh, anchor seven or layer seven of syntax is what are you willing to let go of in order to make room for what you want to create? And that's fundamental because with well, only 24 hours in a day, 1,440 minutes in a day, 86,400 seconds in a day, which is true, by the way. Um, and then uh, eight is celebrating the process. Nine is having a plan. Zero is being grateful for the process and understanding that everything that's going on around you is a reflection of where you're probably supposed to be either going or not going in your life. And to use these outside archetypical metaphors for that type of guidance. Now, that's a lot of stuff I just said. 
but it breaks down into a simple wrap for people who learn this. And it's like this anchor one, what I focus on expands anchor two, when I ask the right questions, my dreams come true. anchor three reality is made when we agree And anchor four, I'm flexible for sure. And anchor five rhythmic drive brings my dreams to life. And anchor six is for success. Because from within is how I dress. In anchor seven, I make room for heaven. Anchor eight, I celebrate. My life is mine to recreate. Anchor nine is divine when life's intentionally designed. And anchor zero is for low stress because I'm grateful for what I have and I'm given what I bless. So those first 10 pillars, that's the first piece of information in this, in this language model is the context for one through zero. There's also emotions that are related to focus, like certainty, clarity, um uh, confidence that are linked to anchor one anchor two is hopeful curiosity because it's related to questions anchor three is the feelings that you have of your best friend in connection with community because it's about agreement anchor four is about feeling of being in flow states it's about flexibility anchor five is motivation and the feeling of being in action because it's about action so each one has an emotional component compounded into the language model as well each one also has a visual component. Each one also has a uh, affirmative statement. Each one also has a new rule, an if-then. Each one also has um, a phonetic. So like anchor one would be the sound su, su. Anchor nine is phonetic fa, fa. Mm -hmm. So if you have number 11 and Tarm is creating his own model now he uses 11 to create his own anchor which might be something like i'm a simulation samurai su, su, simulation samurai like in my life what i'm going for i'm going to go full on because i understand that you know uh whatever level i end this game at is where i'm going to start the next one at so why not play full out and I'm going to have a code that I live by. And I'm going to have the emotions of confidence and certainty built into that. And the questions of why do I want to be living my life this way? And all of this stuff. So every time you see Anchor 11 in the outside world, it's a living vision board. Just like you might see, like I said, 9 is fa. Every time you see 99, it might be financial freedom. This is my financial freedom objective and the, and the uh exit strategy to get there exactly the path that i need to take to get to that spot because my financial freedom may not be a million in the bank maybe having a little tiny micro house in costa rica on four acres of land where i grow my own food but i know how i'm getting to either one of those things like this and every time i see 99 it leverages something called applied neuroplasticity and uh, it begins wired yeah. wire you created it basically for your own needs but how have you taken it kind of uh outside you sound almost like preaching it right i am preaching it and um why am i preaching it because we only have six thousand thoughts a day this is from a recent study in 2020 queenstown university and right now our thoughts are being weaponized and used against us we're seeing that with algorithms from ai algorithms to political agendas and corporate narratives uh, we're creating division in our families, to our communities, to our entire countries. We are, if you are, a, if you are a human brain programmer like I am, if you learn this system, you'll see so blatantly obvious the programming that's happening to us. And that's an important step right now because we're moving towards something called transhumanism. We're moving towards Agenda 2030. 
we are moving towards singularity in digital consciousness that's going to be woven with our organic intelligence within us. And because we only have these 6,000 thoughts a day, what we don't realize is that there's belief systems that are easily designed to make us act really dumb, really dumb. And we trade these beliefs for our human values. Because if we live from our human values, we wouldn't be so easily divided. But these beliefs are dividing us. And they're constructed. And it becomes so obvious that they are constructed. Um, and probably more and more people are going to be waking up in the very near future to the fact that we are like sheep being led to the slaughter right now when it comes to be giving up our sovereignty of, of our lives, our thoughts, our emotions, our ability to travel, our almost our freedom of expression. And this used to sound tinfoil hat, but I think more and more since COVID, people are beginning to realize that, wow, there's a, some pretty big stuff going on in the world right now. And certainly it seems like most of our institutions are lying to us from everything from our history to religious origins to political propaganda, child trafficking, wars. I mean, you name it. Who killed JFK? I mean, everything's coming out as just being a pretty pathetic trajectory that we're on right now. I think the the most I'm worried about is the division of uh, societies. You said that uh, you are kind of hopeful that more and more people are waking up in the near future. I'm slightly worried that it's not enough people waking up. Even if the amount is increasing, we will be, you know, seeing this division and kind of created division almost increasing in the societies around the world. Well, I don't know if I said hopeful. I think I might have said I hope because I'm with you. I um, It's incredible to me because my wife is also introducing this organic intelligence language model in Spanish. Now, in the Latin-speaking countries all throughout South America, Caribbean, ones in Europe, people are far more hungry to grow. They're far they're looking for strategies for success. They're understanding that they're in an underdeveloped country, oftentimes second or third world country, and but they're also seeing what's going on in the first world countries, that there's a lot of garbage where they live, where they're at, and, and they're hungry to grow. So my wife's easy. It's easy for her to get people into her program to learn this model, much easier than me. I can give this away in the United States, Europe, or any English. And people are like, we've heard this bullshit from Tony Robbins and D Joe Dispenza and blah, blah, blah. You know, um, you can't really change the way you think. You can't really change, get a healing response on demand. Da, 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 da. Epigenetics doesn't really work. Applied neuroplasticity is a cool theory, but it doesn't really, you know, like, but I'm telling you straight up, like what I've designed literally puts all of the information that's been out there for a long time into an applicable model. Um, but people really aren't interested. We've become so conditioned to be uh, doubtful about what's real, uh, skeptical about another snake oils thing, more over-promising and under-delivering. Um, and uh, plus, we're getting really excited about, about 
the shitstorm that's coming. It's like people are excited, like, all right, a civil war in the United States. Like, I'm taking that side. I'm taking this side. Or, or cool, they lied to us about the UFOs. Like, bring on the freaking alien invasion, you know? Like, like I mean, no, people's focus isn't a whole heck on, on like, hey, why don't we create an enlightened society and like manage the direction of our thoughts, the quality of our emotions and um learn to live to be 200 years old naturally through longevity escape velocity instead of transhumanism you know learn to uh go back to our values to really enjoy loving each other and getting to know our neighbors and and celebrating the differences and not having to defend them to the death you know if someone doesn't agree with our point of view like like yeah, yeah. From the media world, I love those times when actually media industry controlled the channel of information. The uh, you, there was just so strong bullshit filter out there compared to that today, where everybody is having an opinion and all opinions are equal and all opinions are facts in in a way. Well, there's definitely thank God for the legacy media not being the only media. That's for sure, for sure. So, you know, um, I, at this moment in time, I'm, I'm not really feeling as inspired as I was to share my work, even though I think that every single human being on the planet, they took a little bit of time to go through this program and every two digit number they saw was something they created about the life of their dreams. And if they understood that what they focus on expands and if they ask the right questions and feel the right emotions, they're going to attract us a lot quicker. In my opinion, it's like a manual for the human body mind. Like, how do you use your body mind to like yourself, to program yourself? Because having used this for 30 years, by the way, I never went back to the doctor. I haven't been to a doctor for anything since I created this. And I've, you know, I'm living here with my 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 wife, who's an amazing woman that I encoded into this language, into this living vision board. I really did. And um I mean, I really did. When I saw her, I told my friend, I said, I'm going to marry that woman. I've been programming in her forever, you know, and uh, to be living here on the ocean in the north coast of the DR was something I said, OK, that's what I want to be doing. When I first saw this place, um, I'm going to meet my wife there. And I'm going to launch my business there. And when I'm 55, I'm going to fight in a uh, MMA tournament. And, you know, I've been training pretty solidly and getting ready to do that. And, um, but I don't really feel like, uh, and this to me, I always thought was going to be my year to get this information out to the world. I've been, you know, I've had this, the privilege of sharing the stage with people like Deepak Chopra and Les Brown and Brian Tracy and all of these greats, Joe Dispenza, um, but I don't, I don't know if, uh, even as, needed as this work is right now like desperately needed people are feeling anxiety they're overwhelmed they could be interrupting their thoughts all the time like just like knowing that this is how i can program six thousand new thoughts a day if i reinforce these if they fire and wire frequently enough i'll automatically be thinking about them because i automatically am thinking about the things i programmed in a long time ago and every time i program something new it's like locked you know and it's amazingly it's like a superpower. It's very difficult to get me down emotionally. It's very difficult to, to put me in a situation where I feel like I'm a victim to something. It's very, very difficult. 
Um, life has thrown me so many things and I keep using this language to rewrite the story of what it means. And then it's like, oh, okay, well now it means that, you know? And, uh, the, uh, to me, it's fascinating how you've combined, uh, kind of human nature and, uh, computer language in a way into the, into the thinking, because, you know, 2024 is the year when many people are for the first time, you know, coming to coming to use AI for, you know, whatever they do in their daily work or and and uh, the uh, the kind of the interactions between the, the humans and uh, computers or robots are becoming, you know, increasing every day. So I, I think it's an interesting time where we are living and, you know, a lot of uh, Hollywood movies about the future of uh, computers taking over the world. Uh, probably, you know, becoming more real every day for the, for the people seeing them. Yeah, I'm, um, I would be surprised. I would be surprised if uh, AGI doesn't hit before 2030, artificial general intelligence. <clears throat> and if it does, um, that's where, like, reality's changed like literally that fast. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it, if it was this year. But if we, I mean, if you ask anybody that knows what's going on, you know, if you ask the Joe Rogans or the Eric Weinsteins or the Lex Friedmans or the Aubrey Marcuses or the people who are out there interviewing people who are doing things, Elon Musk's or, you know, like between singularity between transhumanism, singularity, the convergence of technologies like quantum computing, AI, 3D printing, weaponized drones, uh, the challenges with climate change, shipping, uh, the growth shipping index, if there's any money to be made even by importing or exporting anything anymore, the, the hostility around the world, the, the threat of the U.S. dollar going down the toilet the next few years, the World Economic Forum's agenda, the massive propaganda model that's being built right now with deep fakes and algorithms. And like, we're just on a freight train of existential threats heading towards a cliff right now that like, and all of these things are, I'm talking about the symptoms, the causes are thinking. All of the causes, the 6,000 thoughts that 8 billion people have every day, which is a total 48 trillion thoughts, that if we got a critical mass of people to get to a tipping point of moving our thoughts towards a direction of collaboration and cooperation instead of competition and control, we could have a freaking beautiful society. And if, But if we're programming into the program of AI, our model of reality, for sure it's going to come bite us. For sure. And we're so used to being motivated by pain that we don't do anything until it gets painful enough, you know? Like not until it gets painful enough. Am I leaving this relationship or quitting this job or gonna get some goddamn exercise and lose some weight or whatever it might be? Can we get past the reptilian brain for a little bit and try to just jump into the mammalian brain and try to operate from choice and pleasure and beauty and potential? Like, my lord. And I know that's what this language does, but how do I get people to start to train their brain to bypass that limbic friction? You know, like. Challenging. Uh, 
yeah. crazily challenging. Uh, and uh, the, yeah, yeah. on this uh, show, we've been talking a lot about people, uh, a lot about climate change with our visitors. And this pain dilemma is a big thing about, uh, you know, stopping the climate change. A lot of people have some kind of solutions, but these would need to have need, you know, humans would need to do something totally differently or adapt massively. And if the change is coming slowly, that pain point is going away every, you know, it's a little bit too far, too far away to move your ass today in a way. Yeah, you know, we're not, we're not good at, at thinking seven generations ahead anymore. With climate change, it's actually our generation which will be hit, but, you know, <laughs> it used yeah. to be the seven generations. I'd say that starting six generations ago, we stopped being good at yeah. thinking seven exactly. generations. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's the realities. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you have any good ideas how to how to change that? Well, I mean... Truthfully, like I said, I think we need to, to really honestly look at the cause. The cause is our thoughts. The cause is the direction of our thoughts. It's the quality of our emotions. It's our, we're, we're hurting each other too much. We're not living in natural law. In natural law, everything is born from sacrifice. The sun sacrifices its heat. The clouds sacrifice their rain. Trees sacrifice their fruit. Fruit sacrifices its seed. And then the seed begins the process again with the tree. And human beings are supposed to be stewards of this earth. We're supposed to be working with natural law. There's a, a sacrifice. It's not a sacrifice. It's, a, it's the pleasure of being part of a collaborative environment, of a collaborative ecosystem, uh, a way in which things are more in flow with natural law. We're so masculine. We're so out of balance with our masculine. The thing is, in the human body-mind, the, the analog could be seen as the feminine. And the analog is like the pineal and pituitary glands that organize it, like close to a thousand biological rhythms. We're, we're tied into the movement of the tides and the movement of the moon, the circadian rhythms of the sun, the infradian, ultradian light rhythms, all of this stuff, barometric pressure, temperature, all of these things that are the feminine analog side is tuned into all day long. We're tuned into it, but we got this masculine digital side, our neural networks and our DNA that keep focusing on separation. Keep, they're like, it keeps breaking down the model of the analog, the feminine that's got us tied to nature. And if we can just, interrupt and rewrite those masculine neural networks to be in alignment with the analog actual digital reality around us you know which one of the ways i think this could happen is remember a little bit earlier when i said that there's 720 no 1440 minutes in a day and 86,400. you know why i know that there's why i know that i know that because we are connected digitally in fantastic ways, just like we're connected to analog with the rhythms, as an example, a digital example, we have 43,200 seconds in half of a day in 12 hours, okay? 43,200 seconds in half of a day. Why in the world would that be half of the distance of the diameter of the sun? There's no reason for that, right? There's no reason those two numbers happen to be the same. How is that possible? Well, tell you what, if you take the radius of the sun and you take that in half, that's the diameter of the moon. How is that possible? 
How is that possible? That's a quarter of a day. How is it possible that the number of seconds in the average month is the same number of years that it takes to travel around the center of our galaxy? You know, 25,920. How is that possible? Because there's a digital connection that we're not paying attention to that's been hidden from us for a long time that's also connected into this language model. Same things like, you know, if you take the that 25,920-year cycle going around the center of our galaxy, we have to travel through 12 houses of the Zodiac to do that. Okay, People know that. It's the 12 constellations, et cetera, et cetera. Well, if you divide 12 into 25,920, you're going to find that that's 2,160. Well, who cares? Well, the reason we should care is because for some reason, that's a galactic month because it's one-twelfth of that cycle. And that's the... Distance of the diameter of the sun, 2,160 miles. It's the same number of years in that galactic month is the moon or the month cycle for one annual year. And there's these connections that are everywhere on a digital level that we are not being told about that anybody can go to ChatGPT and take a look at. They can go to Google and take a look at. They can go to astronomy and they'd be like, oh, wait, wait a second. You mean really there's a 108 moons that fit between? between the earth and the moon? Wait a second, there's 108 suns that fit between the earth and the sun? Wait a second, you can fit 108 earths across the diameter of the sun? Wait a second, there's 86,400 seconds in a day and there's 864,000 miles for the radius diameter of the sun? How, was this, how does this all work? Plato knew this in the year 360. He wrote about it in Timaeus when explaining the platonic solids and how these geometric shapes relate to space, time, matter, and celestial objects in ways they shouldn't, except for the fact that we're living in something like a simulation. And that's why he was talking about the allegory of the caves. And that's that masculine part that we've been disconnected from, which I believe goes back to a lot of esoteric, Rosicrucian, Masonic, Knights Templar type of stuff that we need to wake up to because the world's being run by the people who've been keeping this knowledge to themselves for a long time. We can encode this into the language model, which will have us fall back into step with natural law through the algorithms of that connection and also be able to digitally perceive and understand it from a logical perspective as well. So I think we're at the crossroads or the event horizon right now where the only way out of this mess is in. We have a chance. We have a chance for an organic singularity, an organic singularity. We can get all of our thoughts to be in singularity because we can work from values which we all share. Nobody wants to see another kid's kid hurt. No one wants to see another kid's kid get a bad education. Nobody wants to see another kid's kid eat bad food or live in an unhealthy environment. We all care far more than we are remembering currently that we do. And when we can break free, when we can reprogram beliefs to be backed by values that mean something to us and get the 40 trillion cells inside of our body to be coherent in our thoughts that a part of me feels this way and part of me feels that way because red is this and blue is that and right is this and left is that and who cares can we interrupt that big algorithm can we realize that like we're living in so many distractions right now that are actually algorithms to keep us from our truth can we wake up to the fact that Christmas is part of an algorithm, that the Super Bowl is part of an algorithm that's directing our attention? Hey, let's get, you know, 48 trillion thoughts focused on this dumb shit for the day. You know, like, we realize, like, can we wake up, please, quickly and take our power back and remember the divinity that it means to be in step with natural law? 
and how exciting that is to be in flow and catch a wave and and to ride it in and see the sunset and to be like it's not that complicated i think that's a good point to wrap this discussion and <clears throat> and send the the viewers or listeners to uh to check out your thoughts on the big world wide web uh, kind of thing uh, add a few links to the show notes so people can uh, read more about the language and how they can program themselves to be you know happier yep it's free thank you leah for the discussion you're welcome thank you Tom. electric acid Welcome to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing, where we harmonise your mind, body and soul. I'm Amanda, your sound therapy expert. And I'm Stephen, the curious explorer uncovering the mysteries of sound. Together we explore vibrations, frequencies and the power of sound therapy and tuning forks. Discover ancient wisdom, reduce stress and tune into a healthier life. Subscribe to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing today. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement, inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement, where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on Electricast and any platform where you listen to your podcast. Electricast.